have the page that we just began last week because the piece that we're up to in Eretz Chayfetz is a uh, is only a sentence that's taken from this longer Ha'orah that was made to a in response to a uh, certain from professor we began we began the Ha'orah last week So the page that says on it, Mamore Haraya Ha'oros Harav. It's just how that we just did the first sentence, really, the first two sentences. Let's just, let's just start again. Everybody have the, the, uh, the paper? Batuach Hanisha Divi Harav, a doctor, a nichbat yoitzim heimilev tohar. Again, I'm certain Rav Cook writes that that all of the all, all that the that the, this uh, doctor had said was coming out from a pure heart. But I just wanted to say that what, what he wrote in this kuntras uh, or sefer this that this professor wrote this doctor wrote that it's uh, very dangerous. Particularly at this time of the tchir. Of the revival of of Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael, ain't lano shum toelas ba'akromas kum alamaka. There's no tachlis. There's no point to to the uh, to this uh, growing this scab on the wound. The refuah makaris we decide this and achnet zvichim l'shav. We need to long for and to aspire to a, a refuah of the Jewish people that. Not just a, a surface, but the arafua that mamish makarius viasaitis in the essence, all the way, all the way in the essence of am yisrael nachtsichem lishayf elatos el haskola berlinus leinu chalosh lashuv. We cannot go back. We cannot return to the mistake that was made. The haskola berlinus, the enlightenment in Germany. Hadvarim shomah. That's what we're up to. Now he quotes. So what was it that upset Rav Cook so much? What is it about what this doctor said that, that, that caused Rav Cook to feel that he was um, he, he was talking the language of the Haskalah of Berlin, which to Rav Cook was the antithesis of the of the of the Tchia, of the whole Tchia that that he was working so hard to achieve, all that he thought about and wrote about and taught. So this is the this is the sentence this is the sentence that upset Rav Cook. And when we'll read this, we'll see that 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 for many people this is this is the definition of Yiddishkeit. Ki amnam in the quote ki amnam yeshli ahadus amunis veikaram. This professor writes that Yiddishkeit does, of course, have certain emunas, certain beliefs, and fundamental principles, and so on. Hanogim ledvarim shehem lamalam natava that that um, have a connection to things that are lamalam natava that transcend nature, the world. But the professor writes, There are certain things in Yiddishkeit, the professor says, that are very deep and beyond, you know, in, uh, this world and so on. But Yiddishkeit never made it a responsibility, an obligation for a person to believe in to believe in any of these things. I've had this conversation. I've heard this from many, many people. Huh? Yesh He says that Yiddishkeit consists also of, cert- of belief in certain things that, that are beyond, that are much higher than our understanding in Teva and so on. But Yiddishkeit never made an obligation or responsibility for a Jew to believe in any of these things. 
v'od. And also, again, he quotes from this professor, Hayahadis modedis es ne'emonus ha-Yehudi ledato, Yiddishkeit measures the loyalty of a Jew to his religion, lo alpi ra'ayonov umachshavosov, not according to his ideas and his thoughts, kim alpi ma'isov, just by what he does. Only by what he does. Not his thoughts, not his beliefs, not his ideas, but kim alpi ma'isov, only by what he does. Imekayim hu es ha-mitzvus v'achukim, if a person observes the mitzvahs and the chukim that the Torah has has made us responsible to, to, to keep, that's all. Whether he keeps these things or he doesn't keep these things. That's Yiddishkeit. That's what the professor wrote in, in this kutras, this whatever book that he has. And now Rav Kook responds to that. And we'll see what this has to do with Eretz Chayfetz and Eretz Yisrael. Why is this the the final seif of the chapter that we're learning in Eretz Chayfetz? Kishomar Harambeman. Do you ever hear of the Rambaman? No? You heard of the Ramban? You heard of the Ran? And the Rambam? You ever hear of the Rambambaman? <laughs> Nobody knows who that is? Uh, huh? It's a respectful way of referring to a person who is not popular among from people. Moshe Mendelssohn. Moshe Mendelssohn. So. <coughs> it's Moshe Mendelssohn, or better known as Moses Mendelssohn. <laughs> it's, I guess I said it's a respectful way to, to refer to him. I think that Rav Cook knew who he was writing to and about, whatever, and he wrote in a respectful way. In others from, of course, you'll see his name, Maishem Desau, and it will say, Yemach Shemoy, you know. Whatever your pleasure is. But Rav Kook wrote in a respectful way. And he says that, Kishoma, okay, Kishoma Mendelssohn, Dvarm Halalu. In other words, what Rav Kook right away says that this is coming straight from the, what you're what you're writing is coming straight from the play. You, you're a religious person. You're a from guy, but it comes straight from Mendelssohn's playbook. It's coming straight from his from his from his uh, writings and his teachings. So Kishomar Mendelssohn Dvarn Halolo. When Mendelssohn, so he's already Rav Kook is even being malamischus a little bit on Mendelssohn. Mendelssohn himself was Shomer Mitzvah, so, you know, of course he was Shomer Mitzvah. His grandchildren are not Jewish, none of his grandchildren are Jewish. This is great. His Felix Mendelssohn already, already converted. His son, his son converted to, to Christianity. And, and uh, what came from him, of course, is, is uh, very well known, and we're still feeling the effects of it. But he was Malamitzchus, and he says that, Rav Kook writes, that when Mendelssohn said these things, it was at the beginning of that time of, of mass assimilation. That's, that's at the time of the Enlightenment in Germany. This was, this what Mendelssohn said was understood to those people who had a netia to the ruach of assimilation. And they therefore, they, they therefore, saw that it was sufficient to define Yiddishkeit as a religion of rules and regulations and that it's based entirely upon what is rational and understood. But beyond that, one is not obligated to believe in A, B, or C, 
or to think about certainly not to, to learn anything that is irrational according to their understanding that is anything from Plemius Torah and Kabbalah and so on and so forth so if Cook says that this whole Mahalach of Mendelssohn and his people at that time we could understand that there was a that they were trying desperately just that Jews should continue to be Shabbos Shabbos, that Jews should observe mitzvahs, that Jews shouldn't marry out. Thank you. Since the entire, the whole netia, the entire inclination that was that was bringing people towards assimilation itself was because he says Rav Cook says it comes from a very superficial characteristic place of the soul it was these people the people who were who were leaving were leaving for reasons that Rav Cook saw as social, economic, and so on, very, very superficial, that had very little to do with what they believed in, with their emunus videus. <coughs> and therefore, Rav Kook says that the whole nature of, of these people and what was going on was actually tachder l'chol ma'amakar. These were not individuals who were searching for the deeper meaning of Yiddishkeit who penetrated to the depths of what Yiddishkeit is. And therefore could not possibly understand to what degree this whole view of Yiddishkeit is a forgery of Yiddishkeit. It's Mizdayefes, Bamahalazah. How unfaithful it is to the essence of, of a Jew and Am Yisrael and who we are. This whole superficial explanation or this whole superficial way of Jewish life, the Ki'ilu Yiddishkeit, is only that which is understood rationally. That's the whole Yiddishkeit. And the Yiddishkeit is, is just a, a, a simply uh, a manual of do's and don'ts, of rules and regulations. So maybe you could say that Mendelssohn and his and his people that they were trying to work with that generation that was very that time where they were very very superficial in their in their reasons for leaving Yiddishkeit and and that they were trying to they were trying to reach out to these people to explain to them Yiddishkeit in a way that would they would only appeal to their intelligence, to what was what made sense to them, and and um, and how the mitzvahs make sense. That somehow that by putting on tefillin it helps you to be a moral and ethical person, and that by having a day of rest it's going to the tachlis of Shabbos is to is to give a person an opportunity to recharge and to stay away from his cell phone for a couple hours and stuff like that. And that was where they were holding. So it's a that, that in the context of those times, even though if Cook, of course, felt this was a terrible mistake, and it's a, the whole thing is, 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 was, was wrong, nevertheless, you can understand how that's the oilum that Rav Cook, that that, that, uh, that those reformers, those people were, 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 were teaching and talking to and were trying to help, and that they that they should continue somehow somehow to to remain shemimitzes, they should somehow continue to remain observant people. One second, I will achshav nishtanu alein hazmanim. I was talking about that this morning. Achshav nishtanu alein hazmanim. The times are completely different. So whatever reason there was that that was a way to reach people, trying to reach people to keep them in the fold. Back then, nishtanu alein hazmanim. The times now are different. Ha-hakara 
Hahakar Halomis. See, at that time of the Enlightenment, at that time of Mendelssohn and that whole upheaval, the Ica was to be to be loyal citizens of Germany and Austria and to and to appear to the general population as rational modern assimilated in modern society assimilated not to convert out but to be part of society and the and the way that they tried to bring that about was like one of Mendelssohn's famous sayings that you should be a Jew in the house and a, and a German on the street. And the Ica was that they should remain Shema Mitzvahs and that the um, and that Yiddishkeit should be something and is something that is, should be able to be presented to the general population as rational, as logical. However, now Rav Kook says, <coughs> what's growing stronger and stronger is a hakara halumis, our self-respect as a people, as a nation, that does not belong in Germany and in Austria, that belongs in Israel as a people. This national self-recognition is growing stronger, who we are. And it's penetrating to the depths of who we are. We no longer are interested, and we will no longer buy into this self-deception. That we have to try to be like the Goyim. Kilo Yiddishkeit is just a, a social, a social way of life, a logical way to live in modern times. A, another alternative to <clears throat> to whatever political, philosophical, social things were out there, the Judaism is a reasonable, a reasonable alternative that makes sense and that does not change people into primitive, barbaric, superstitious, Kabbalists but make sure to maintain them in society, to be like their neighbors and to be, to be able to be part of general uh, modern civilization. <clears throat> Binyom, you wanted to... I was going to ask in Rav Cook's perspective, what, is, uh, what does it fit in the, the puzzle that I think people with that perspective quote, uh, something like, something like what about that? I don't understand the idea that uh, that they would abandon me, but keep by the Torah. Uh, that's not what it, no, 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 that's, uh, that's not what that means. I, I don't want to go off into that. <clears throat> It'll become apparent what he's talking about, you'll see. Ech Yitochein, Rav Kook is not suggesting, Chas Shalom, that the, the alternative of, of a person having a feeling for Yiddishkeit but not observing mitzvahs, that's not, and that's not what that chazal means either. Eich yitochen hadavr, shanachnu named es matzav ha'uma, al pi yisoid rafui kazeh. How could it possibly be that we should establish our nation upon such a shaky foundation? Shumuchash mikol ha'akar ha'pnimi shalona, that is rejected and contradicted by any, by our entire inner deeper way of understanding the Ratzon Hashem, what Yiddishkeit is. And we call him Mesoros Kula, and our entire Mesoros, our whole Mesoros, and Amuna. Yisrael who goit tzadik shoymer Amunim. It says in the Pasuk that the Jewish people are different, and we're a goit tzadik, a nation that is righteous, shoymer Amunim, and we guard the faith. V'avinu harishon nishtabeach b'amunasa, it was this professor saying, Kilo, the Iker is not what your thoughts are or your, your beliefs, your feelings, your emotions, and so on. It's, it's a matter of living a certain lifestyle. And, and Rav Kook says, how could, you, 
How could you even say such a thing? Avinu Harishna, our first father, Avram Avinu, Nishtabech Bamanasa. There were a lot of nice things that Hashem could have said about Avram Avinu. He was, a, he was a great person. There was a lot of great stuff to say about him. But the one thing the Torah singles out about Avram Avinu was Vehem and Basha, is what he thought, what he believed. That's the one thing that the Torah singles out. Not what he did, not even what he did. What the Torah singles out is Vehem and Basha. That Hashem considered that to be his righteousness. There is no end to the great praise of this Tchuna of Amuna, of this quality, this Midah of belief, of faith of Amuna, that are found throughout our holy Svarim. And this is something which is clear and it's obvious to everyone. As the Gemara says, Hashem wants our hearts. That doesn't mean that He doesn't want us to keep the mitzvahs. Of course He wants to, but He wants our mitzvahs to be filled with, with heartsakait, with our hearts, with emuna, with our panemias. Not to be, not to be cold mechanical, uh, cold mechanical uh, actions that are just there because it preserves us as a people and, and that it, it maintains a moral, ethical standard of behavior. Which was the Mahalach, which was the Mahalach of, the, of those original reformers. Of course, became much, much more watered down even than that over the years. It became nothing, no mitzvahs, nothing. Then it became just to be a moral person. The mitzvahs, uh, because how, how, how is it that... Uh, what does Mukta have to do with my being a, uh, a nice guy? That already uh, didn't, you know, that didn't work out with the sugi of being a moral, ethical person. And over time, of course, that which they were originally trying to prevent, which was assimilation, as I said, their own children and grandchildren, lost to the Jewish people for the most part. And what we have left, the Chorban is a tiny percentage of Jews in, 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 in chutzlars that are, that are Bechlal, Shem and Mitzvah, who believe in God. Yiddishkeit is not just a matter of what you do, it's of what you believe in and what you think and how you feel and who you are. Va'ata, and Rav Kook ties this in completely to the revival to the Tchir that's taking place in Israel. And now that we have come to the time to build the foundation of the Jewish people as a nation, now these individuals are trying to, trying to somehow... Uh, not marry out while living in, 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 in Berlin or Vienna, but as a, as a healthy nation that has returned to its makar, to, its, to, the, to the root of its existence in our land. Should we come now? And we should, we should build our nation upon this Mistaken foundation. You saw Mata this, this mistaken and and and, and, and the, the, this uh, this completely wrong mahalach shadailon be mitzvahs automatios that it's that it's just uh, enough that we should keep mitzvahs automatically, meaning just uh, just to keep the the actual rituals of Yiddishkeit, to keep just the mitzvahs. Shiyasu mitam constitutia that we should observe the mitzvahs because of some because the Torah is like a constitution. The Constitution of America, which is a very 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 chashiva and a very very chashiva document, the Constitution of America is not concerned with how what you or I feel or think. A constitution is something which, which, is is uh, created by human beings for the purpose of, of ishus rei below malim malim like the Mishnah says that if not for the fear of malchus of the of the government and if there wouldn't be self if there wouldn't be control then people would kill each other they would destroy each other. There are different interpretations of the constitution hin and 
all kinds of interpretations. But the bottom line is that the Constitution is not about, is, it was never about what a person what a person thinks or feels. You can think anything you like, you know. The, 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 the writers of the Constitution really didn't care at all what, what our thoughts, beliefs, or emotions were. That's not the point of the Constitution. Even though most of them were very religious people, that's not, that was, that's not what they were. That's not the point of the Constitution. The point of the Constitution is that people should not kill each other. And people should not destroy each other financially. <clears throat> that people should be able to live together in a society that is democratic, that is fair. And, it, and it's, a, it's a very hush of a... There's no question, it's a very hush of a... Uh, it was then and it is now. But, but, but that's, all, that's, uh, that's all the founders of the country and that's all the writers of the Constitution claimed it to be. They never claimed there was anything beyond that. It was just uh, rules and regulations of how to behave. Just how we should behave. We're, what your amunis fideis are, the Indian of chayvus alavavus, amunis fideis and pnimis and 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 so on and so forth. That's pachlal, not uh, anything that they had in mind when writing the constitution. Well, they, again, they themselves were, were religious people for the most part. They were religious people, but that's that that. If anything, they they were they were very concerned. They were very worried that there should be anything in in, in the constitution that on any level would would appear to be dictating. Beliefs and opinions. They were very worried about that. They couldn't. Ha- they couldn't help but allow God into that because they were. They were again. They were people of faith, but that was not what the Constitution was about. So Rav Cook says, "Is this is this is you? This is now where we are now to build." To build Am Yisrael by the Tchia in our time now, when we're coming back to life in Eretz Yisrael, that they, all of Yiddishkeit is, is a constitution, or Mekbaz Lumis, or some sort of a like some sort of a, a manual, uh, a national manual of Lobetor Devar Hashem Eteroso. Yiddishkeit is Devar Hashem. It's Devar Hashem, Viseroso. The Navi says that's a terrible problem. The biggest problem the Navi was always crying about was mitzvahs and Hashem Lomad. Mitzvah mitzvahs and Hashem Lomad. Everybody knows. It means to carry out mitzvahs just by rote and, and because you have to. Again, it's better than not keeping mitzvahs. Nobody argues with that. But mitzvahs and Hashem Lomad, way back in the time of the Navim, they, they saw that as being the biggest problem. That people are just, people are just keeping mitzvahs because they, they have to. Because it's a matter of self-preservation. Which is, that was, that's what Mendelssohn's Jerusalem was all about in his writings. Unfortunately, I, st- I studied many of them years ago, and I'm still trying to get them all out from my head. It was brilliant. And self-preservation, that's Yiddishkeit. The tachlis of Yiddishkeit is self-preservation. And to be able to be modern people who get along with everybody else is the Torah. Mitzvahs and Hashem the Nevi'im, were crying about that all the time. That we're keeping mitzvahs, stop. Is it possible it could be such a thing? Rav Kook says, according to what I see, there's a basic mistake in this whole Indian. This whole thing is wrong. I'm not blaming any individual person for this mistake. This comes, Rav Cook says, as a result of misunderstanding and judging in the wrong way the whole Maimed of Eretz Yisrael, of looking at what's happening now in Eretz Yisrael, from the perspective of Golas, that has been inflamed because of uh, this wrong understanding of everything is because of certain mamorim, certain writings or whatever it is, essays, teachings of yichidim of individuals that have had an impact, that have, in, uh, that have infected the, the Hamon Am. And there's all, of course, there's all, there's all gullus, there's all coming straight from Germany. 
If you want to really understand the life of our people, and her mahalach and her longings and aspirations, in particular regarding where we're going to in the future, in particular, then you have to come to Eretz Yisrael. And you have to not just to visit, but you have to, you have to live in Eretz Yisrael. You have to settle here physically and spiritually. Po, over here, since the Tom of Kuk, these are things that we can understand even in Chostar's Baruch Hashem. Tarasar's has gone way beyond Eretz by this time. But when Rav Kook was writing this, and he was so upset about how this is this this whole mahalach of Golas is, is seen kilu. This is a this is a way of the future of the Jewish people in, in Israel as well. Anywhere, he says, "Po over here, if you would come here, Navinus Here we understand things entirely different." It's true that we need a new Mahalach, that a new way must, must, must materialize in order to make sure that this national revival will be able to move forward in, in a strong and, and, and good way. <coughs> But the light that we're looking for, the illumination that we need, is not ha'ora pashranis. You know what it means, pashranis? Compromising. This uh, compromising, the, trying to please the, the Germans, trying to please the Goyim. This cold, this empty. This lo ha'ora pashranis kazoshal is rapsus lefnei By bending down, capitulating to kfira, to heresy. You see, he's getting angry and angry as we go along. <laughs> he started off, I told you, he starts off nice. And then he, now it's ready, kvir. It's kvir. Of course it's kvir, it's heresy. We're going to surrender the, the ra'ayon, the, the deepest thoughts of Yiddishkeit. You want us to give our neshama? We should, we should, we should give up our souls. Shetas imam mashaliba chafetz that you should that you the, that meaning the that these enlightened ones that you should do with our with our neshama whatever whatever the heart wants whatever your heart wants and all of Yiddishkeit that's what he says ve'ino doreshim even a kiim mas shomayim dasiim kilo what the neshama is is nothing what a person believes what a person thinks is nothing. And the only thing that's important is that we demand a certain tax of maizim datiim, of certain religious rituals and actions. That's the whole Yiddishkeit. Do you have to pay a tax? You don't think this is... You don't think that what Rav Kook is upset about is, is still very, very uh, common among Orthodox... I'm not talking about non-religion. I'm not talking about Reform Conservative. They left Yiddishkeit and Shemirach. I mean, Halavai, they should all come back. But, but among Orthodox people, it's a typical, uh, just uh, go go on the train, and uh, you'll be there in a little while. Some of you will be going uh, into the city, and there'll be some nice guy wearing yarmulke, and you start up a conversation with him. And the conversation is like, why do you why do you keep mitzvahs? Like, uh, why do you put on film? Why do you put on film? Why why do you, are you wearing scissors? So he says yes. So why are you wearing scissors? You're going to be home today. What time? He says, oh, by 4 o'clock. Why? Because why don't you stay till 7? No, Shabbos. Why do you keep Shabbos? The typical response, certainly of a modern Orthodox Jew, the typical response would be, and, and I, I, I'm sorry to say most of their rabbis, the typical response would be that it's, it's, uh, it's the right thing to do. This is the way that we've lived for many, many generations. This is what will prevent us from assimilating. It symbolizes very beautiful things. It's a symbol, a very, very beautiful symbol. That's a key word. You've got to watch out for that. Because it's, not, it's saying that the thing is not be'etzim. It's a symbol of it. It's not that it's be'etzim. It's a symbol of certain things. The basic, the basic mahalach will be that um, by keeping mitzvahs, by keeping mitzvahs, I stay in line. 
my kids won't intermarry, um, and that after I die, I go to heaven. In other words, if I, like we spoke about this earlier, that, uh, one of the other chabus, if I have enough points, I can go business class. You know, if I have enough points, I can go business class. If I don't have enough points, then I got to go with the with the schleppers and coach. And if I mamish, like if I have negative, then the, I I get put into steerage, you know, like a, like I, I get put in the in the pit in the belly of the airplane, like with a with somebody's pet dog. You ever hear dogs barking from down there? They have dogs down sometimes. I once heard a dog barking. When I, was, I thought so when I was a kid, when I was my, with my mother on a plane. We used to fly in separate planes. My parents would have us all go on different planes there. So, so I got it. Maybe Shabbos, most people will say about Shabbos, like it's a good day of, it's a day of rest, but there's no inherent link. This what? It's like, like the example Gerebi gave about Shabbos. Yeah. Most people say it's just a, it's a nice concept to have a day of rest. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, wonderful day to be a day for family. It's a day to be able to unplug from from the craziness of the world and uh, and, and to relax and so on and so forth. So this is what you can go through. Any you could try ask any asking any of the mitzvahs. The response is basically the same response, and the idea is that's what it is. It keeps me in line. This way I could. This way I could, I'm living a, a good, healthy, moral, ethical life. I'm living a good life, the right kind of a life, because God, these are all people who believe in Hashem, believe in my men, Hasinai, that Hashem gave us on Hasinai a way to live, and it's, a, it's, it's the right way to live. And, and when I do all this stuff, so it, it'll be a better and more honest <coughs> life in this world. And then, and then when you die, then, then you cash in. And then you ask the person, like, what happens when you die? It gets a little bit funny, and I'm getting off for the next stop. I don't know what happens when I die. No, it'll be good. Sign good. It'll be good. So, if you suggest, try suggesting to talk to this person, and to say, "Well, what do you think that do you think it's possible that God's intention was that by you observing mitzvahs here in this world?" that the mitzvah should bring you higher and higher and higher and closer to him, to, to come to a place of dveikas basha, to become, to cleave to God, that every single thought, word, and action in your life is filled with God. So the, the person will say, you got Eish Kodesh? What are you talking about? <laughs> what, do you, what does it have to do with my life? I believe in God. Like, what are you? St- what are you saying? Those things. What are you? Are you saying that I'm not a good Jew? You, you're saying you're a better Jew than me. I'm saying what? <coughs> what's the talkless of mitzvahs? You just said before you got into the train, while you were already starting to take your tefillin off, you said. You heard a million times after every speech. To purify, to refine, to uplift. Well, of course, I believe in God, and I understand it's important to uh, to believe in God and so on. But the mitzvahs are not the mitzvahs are not seen. I'll put it this way. The average way of looking at mitzvahs is I'm the same person when I was by mitzvah. I'm the same person when, when I die. The only difference between those two people is that when I die, I have 10,000 points because I kept 10,000 or 100,000 mitzvahs. That's the, but, I'm, but I'm the same person. It's the same person. The same person that put on the film when he was 13 put on film when he was 93. He's putting on film when he's 93. It's the same person. Feelings about God, thoughts, beliefs. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Could be even got less, because when he was a kid, he had more, more pastas, a certain feeling of God. 
Okay. But, but it's not seen as... No. Every single time, my friend, every single time that you put on film, now it's hard, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that I... And, and you could say to the guy, I'm not saying that... that, that it works. Like I'm, I'm doing this all the time. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not better than you. I'm trying, but you, you, you know that every single mitzvah, the word mitzvah is tzavsa. Tzavsa means dveikas. Every single mitzvah is to attach you on a higher and higher and higher level. Our life in this world is like Yaakovinu's ladder, which is a sulamutz of arzav roshamigyeshamayim. Every single mitzvah that you take is supposed to take you to a higher place. Do you feel that over the course of all the thousands of days that you put on tefillin, that the tefillin have made you higher, have gotten you closer to God? Have the tefillin gotten you any closer? You have put on tefillin, well, Hashem, thousands of days, you never miss a day of tefillin. Have, has your putting on tefillin every day, has that made you higher and closer to God? Has that changed your way of looking at everything in this world? And everything that every single moment of life has that changed, has that elevated. The average person, and it's not just modern Orthodox, but it's by modern this can be the vast majority, because of this, because of the uh, additional problem of of, uh, of assimilation of Amaratsis. But, but by it's 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 across the board. It's across the board. What's the tachlis of keeping mitzvahs? So, what Rav Kook is addressing here is uh, the levushim now, the, the Hashem, there's been a lot of progress in terms of keeping mitzvahs. And there, there are many, many, many Jews now who are coming back to mitzvahs and are keeping mitzvahs and so on. But the tachlis of of I don't think I have it with me. But I remember, I think I remember it pretty much verbatim. I'll tell you what happened. This week in Yeshiva, I met with a high school boy, an 11th grader. As sweet as they come. Tall, good-looking boy, plays on the basketball team. He's a Yankee fan. I always, that's the first thing I asked him. Just don't want to get the, any problems out of the way right away. He's a Yankee fan. Sweet, sweet, very bright boy. And uh, I don't usually meet with high school cover. That, that's, that, that's not much time when I'm there. But uh, there was some urgency in this. And uh, and the father's a firm guy. And, and, uh, and I met with the boy. Asked my wife. I was. I came back. When I came back Tuesday night. I took out because I wrote down what he said. I wrote down a, a little settle right after he left the room, and I wrote it to my wife. And I was crying. And I haven't stopped thinking about it. <clears throat> he's not from MTA. I don't. He's not from. He's from another high school. But it doesn't make a difference. It could be from any high school. He's a eleventh grade boy from a firm family. Very nice family. He he doesn't he doesn't keep cautious anymore. He doesn't keep Shabbos. He doesn't put on film. He talks to God a few times a day. He believes in Hashem. He was very strong about that. He told me he believes very strongly in God. And he said that the reason that he still believes in God, and he's working on that, is because every Sunday morning he watches a certain priest, on, a Catholic priest on the television. <clears throat> he watches a show. A priest, he told me the name. I don't, I don't remember the name. But he watches a Galach on the television. And the Galach, the main, as I asked him, so what did you learn from the Galach? Well, I was holding on to my chair, you understand. I, my arm was just shaking. Because I was getting scared where that was going, and, you, you, right? I was afraid he was already heading towards. So, so I said, and what did you, what, what's the main thing you learned from the Galach? What are you learning that you enjoy it? He says he watches every Sunday morning. He says the main three things he learned is... First thing he learned is that God never tests a person if that person can't pass the test. That was the first thing he learned. The second thing he's learned is that no matter what you've done in your life, God always loves you. And the third thing he learned 
is that when God closes one door in your life, it's because he's opening up a door to something much bigger. That's what he learned. That's what he learned on that's we that's the three biggest things he learned from the Galach. All three of those, of course, mm-hmm. are true. What's the uh, I explain how heartbreaking this is. So I I said to him those are those come from those come from Yiddish guy. He said, no one ever told me that. He said, my life, I mean, you see my whole life, nobody ever told me how much God loves me. But I listen to this priest every Sunday morning. That's all he talks about is how much God loves me. No? That's the Maisa? Nobody ever told me that when something in my life goes wrong and the door shuts in my life, because he had some sorrow with the kid, that door shuts in my life, that God is opening up a door that's even bigger for me. He said to me... the reason he came to see me is because in his yeshiva there's a rabbi and the rabbi learns with him every Arab Shabbos a little chassidus and, he's, and he did, and he started he sees that it looks like this that he sees that in, 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 that in Yiddishkeit there's also these things about Hashem <laughs> that there's also something about Hashem and about Hashem's love and so on I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I never heard such a, to have such a conversation. So he said to me that, so I said, you watch this now. Every Sunday, so he said that his father said, his father is I'm sure a very hush of a guy, and his father said to him that you could watch it. What's the father supposed to do? He said, you could watch it, but you have to understand that every time that the Galach says the name of Isa Ha'ish, right? Every time he says Yashka, that just instead replace that with God. And I was, don't, his father told him in Eitzah that don't think of Jesus. Yeah, don't think of, uh, of, of Isa Ish. So when the, he uses, when the Galah says Isa Ish, then just instead put in your head God. And, and, and that's it. Just go with that, but not, not Isa Ish. So, uh, so I said that... I spoke to him about. I spoke to him for a while. I was saying that uh, that Yiddishkeit is uh, Yiddishkeit is, is all about Hashem's most love for us, and 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 he said that he said that until recently he, he never heard anything about that. Every he says that he attends a, a big shul, and in the shul, uh, all the, all the rabbi ever talks about is is you know how the tzukim fit in with each other and. How this is, he says something. He says to me that man seems to be an, an inflated egomaniac, and he's just trying to show off, and it's just and it's just showing off, and 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 that I never heard anything about. And he said it like in, in total to me. He's not. This is not like a guy that's like cynical or like he's trying to make trouble. You know what I mean? He's just sharing his. He's just sharing his his his, his uh, story. I said, I, I can't. I can't. I said to my wife, this, "This is what this is what it's come to. That this that this beautiful boy is is watching Catholic television in order to hear about God. That's what it's come to. It doesn't mean he never heard about Hashem, but only like in, in the Gemara in a passage. Nothing personal. This." what Rav Cook was talking about. An impersonal, distant concept of God. An idea of God. And and rules and regulations. And this boy says, I will, I, I, I'm finished with all of these. These rules don't mean anything to me. I don't, I don't, so I don't, I don't understand it all. He says, how could it be that God cares about what I, this and this and that? What does he have to, what does he have to do with God? He doesn't see any connection between Shabbos and God. By the end of the conversations, we're talking about so I spoke to him about. I'm not going to tell you about it. We discussed. We're going to continue. He said he's going to 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 have a conversation, to 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 call, and to continue talking to come again. But what? But but he when he left, he he did promise me. He asked him to to try one day of the week. If you could try one day of the week, to to surrender your will.
to, to Hashem who you believe in and to, the, and to your father and grandfather and grandparents all the way back to Avmavinu and to not to eat any tray for one day of the week. And he promised me that he would, he would one day of the week, no matter what, he would, he would, he would eat kosher. He tried to eat, you know, kosher. And uh, we'll continue with Hashem to talk. But I, I came back. He said, tomorrow, if you know, I don't. And then Don Hull of the yeshiva is worried about whether or not they learned enough Taisus that year. He, he, he learns Gemara for hours a day, the kid. And he told me he's good at it. He's good at it. He's a regular nice buffer. He learns. Watches Catholic television for his chesidus. Watches, watches a galach to get, to get inspiration. You don't think that I'm not terrified that he, his father told him not to, to replace God with the Oslo. He's hearing every, he's hearing all the time, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then what's to stop him from, from going to see what it's like in one of those places? And there's no shortage of places to go to. And it could be to make him feel good. It could be with Jews that do that, right? With Jews. Go for it. So then I'm thinking... <coughs> What makes this boy different? Manishtana. Manishtana, Bokha, Azan, Mikola, Bokhram. Like, why? What makes him so different from all the other Bokhram? Maybe, maybe his honesty, I don't know. Maybe his inability to, to do something that he doesn't believe in. And then no, one's, no one has told him about, what, what, about Hashem, about belief and Yiddishkeit and what God is and, and what, 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 what the Tachlis is of keeping mitzvahs. This is, uh, look, this is only a, this is a half hour, 40 minute conversation, but if I had a, t- if I had a tape of this, and just to blast it over the whole world, to, to all the big knockers with their philosophies of chinuch, to say, here's your chinuch, this is what you could do with your chinuch. The biggest, the biggest mechanuch of this, of this holy boy is, is uh, Father Smith or something on Sunday morning, that's his rabbi. You couldn't be, we couldn't be. A rebbe for this boy. That he has to go. He has to go here from a galach. I can't, I can't stop thinking about it. I feel like this whole thing is like such a, this whole big. Like it's, I don't know. My daughter told me she went to some convention for teachers and the stuff they talk about. Like you, know, you think that that's what's on the kids' minds and that's in their hearts. Some two-hour talk about how the most important things that the children have to sit in a certain way in the classroom. They can't sit in a ches; they have to sit in a, in rows or something. I don't know. Cuckoo. The kids are the kids are about to go to church, and they're talking about talking about. And if you, and I don't believe that he's the only kid. He might be the only kid that that that's such a. Mavakish Imuna that he's looking for it someplace else. The average kid is just uh, he'll put on film until 120. You'll talk to him on the train. This kid's this kid's not doing that. He says I, I can't do that. I just can't do it. Doesn't it doesn't I don't I don't feel it. Doesn't speak to me. I can't do it. So I, I suggested some things for him to read, and he, he said he would. We'll talk about it in Mitzvah. But and this Rebbe to you know. To connect him with this Rebbe that's trying to talk to the boys and stuff. So we have to we have to make a cheshman and nefesh. It's the same. It's a, to make a cheshman and nefesh. Who's to make a cheshman and nefesh? Of of what what is it that's what's wrong, and it's and it's relatively it's relatively easy to correct. This boy doesn't. This boy doesn't. Doesn't. This boy doesn't need. He, this this boy doesn't need the Ishbut. So you understand. It's Yiddishkeit zero zero one. These were the three Yisaitis that he heard from the Galach, and he didn't know that these. Th- that he didn't know this Judaism. He was so overwhelmed by the revolutionary thing that God closes the door and then he opens. He's opening up for a bigger door for you. He was so overwhelmed by that, like the Chiddush of it. How could it be that an intelligent from boy in a, from a from community sees that as a chiddush? What the Galach said, and now he's thinking 
that Christianity has something to offer that Judaism doesn't. That's what he's thinking. Christianity has something, the church has something for me that the shul doesn't. And he said, he said to me, you should, you should watch this person, this father so-and-so. He's the nicest, sweetest person. He's the nicest, sweetest person. He feels a connection to him. It means that not everybody he's seen has been, the way he spoke about his rabbi, not everybody that he's seen has been the sweetest, nicest person. But the father is a very sweet, nice, I'm sure he is, a very sweet, nice person. And he's saying nice things. And he is saying nice things. He's a person of belief. Magalach. If my father would ever hear this, it's a good thing he doesn't listen to my tapes. If my father would, if my father would ever hear this, that this would be the, the yeshiva bach. So you think this is not current? This is, this is what Rav Cook is this not current? All we, all we, all Yiddishkeit is that you have to pay taxes by doing certain things. You pay a tax to God for certain rituals that if you want God to keep you alive, you got to pay. You got to pay. How do you pay? You pay with mitzvahs and awesome type. That's how you pay. God's the big tax collector. But he's scarier than a regular tax collector. He's, he's worse than the internal revenue because the internal revenue could lock you up or something. But God, he's, he's, he's big. He's big. He can do bad things. So God is bigger than the, than the IRS. So you got to pay taxes. <clears throat> so every single morning, you don't really feel like getting up and going to Davin, but then IRS knocks on your door. God's collecting. If you don't pay taxes, you're going to die. Or your kid's going to die, God forbid. Something bad's going to happen to you. Where do all these superstitions come from? Send in your check, and the, and the rabbi's going to Davin, is going to do some hocus pocus for you by. by uh, by, by Rabbi Yonasim and Ozeel, or he'll pray for you 40 days. Where, where does all this strange stuff come from? <clears throat> from the church. That's where it comes from. It comes from people who don't believe that they have any relationship to God, so they have to, they have to send an emissary <clears throat> to go pray for them. So they write in a check. This stuff is this how the church, the television shows from the church, this is 50 or 60 years ago. <clears throat> so send in a check. And they'll they'll put your they'll they'll put your name on a paper. Then they'll put it in front of the, one of the gadolim's faces when he's uh, when he's by the coastal or something. And then some of them are already saying, "You're guaranteed, guaranteed. If you pay enough taxes, you're guaranteed." Huh? No, no, no. <laughs> they don't say all your money back. They're Jews. <laughs> That's the difference between the gala. No, 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 no money back. Pay, pay the taxes. If you pay up, if you pay the taxes, then God will be good to you. If you put your finger in the Gemara, if you behave, it'll be good for you. You're going to get the pretty wife, and you'll have a pretty life. you have a lot of money. But if you don't pay the big tax collector, if you don't pay the big IRS in, in heaven, you're going to be in trouble. That's what I've quickly saying. Those are his words. Kimas shamaisim datiim. It's a tax, and the and the tax is not money. God doesn't ask. I mean, that's it's talk about the, the, that's a, a part of it. But the ikkur is masim datiim. Tefillin, Shabbos. That's the tax. Try it out. Try it out when you go on the train today. You see, it's the tax collector. That's all. That's the tax collector. Bezen nova lamatar. Rav Kook says this is how we're going to come to the. Tachas of Yiddishkeit, of being a, a, the Jewish people that's come back to life, like this? With Yiddishkeit like this? That's what you're talking about. So if Cook said, I know what you say, you're a firm guy, but you're, you're just talking the same language it, with the yarmulke. It's the same language. That's what it is with the yarmulke. The same business of Mendelssohn with the yarmulke. That's all. It's the same business. With that, the Jewish people are not, gonna, are not going to come back to life. I'm Mr. Shem will continue next.